The Grim Reaper Gamers are a 25 and older video game community with members spanning the globe, playing games across all genres and platforms. Bring your thick skin, drink of choice, and grab your controllers. GRG members are on nightly with official community nights every Wednesday. And now, it's time for the The ReaperCast. Hello and welcome to the 116th episode of the ReaperCast. My name is Jack and I'll be your host this episode. You may also know me as the head grumpkin in charge of the Grim Reaper Gamers, Lala Calamari. I also have been known to have the sexiest hunter in all of Destiny ever. Speaking of which, we'll be doing our in-depth review of Destiny 2's latest DLC, Shadow Keep, or as YouTube closed caption likes to call it, Chad O'Keefe. And Lord help me this episode. I don't know what I'm going to do. I am surrounded by four Destiny fanboys. I'm in trouble. I'm drinking heavily. I don't know what's going to happen. Anyway, so first up, it wouldn't be a Destiny review without our main Destiny team lead, Valiant Victory, to give his input. How many hours have you logged into Shadowkeep and what you drinking? I think I only have like, 20 hours, 25 hours this week. But yeah, I think um, I've definitely had a little sample of it. Um, I'm drinking my uh, Liney's um, Harvest Patch Shandy. So as some people might like to call it, pumpkin beer. And uh, obviously, you know what I'm playing. Yeah, yeah, no no shit. I mean, that's why I didn't even ask. I mean, because it's just a given. (laughs) It's just a given. Uh, And making his... Back-to-back appearance, a second appearance on the ReaperCast. We have our other Destiny team lead, Ezekiel. You're back for another show. Uh, you must be truly certifiable. Uh, I don't know what's wrong. Just couldn't get enough. Just couldn't get enough. Glutton for punishment. So I know you're playing Destiny as well. What you drinking, and how many hours have you put in so far? Uh, I'm probably in about the same boat as Valiant, maybe... 24, 26 hours, something like that. Super tame, hella lame, drinking water, uh, mostly because I have to go to work in the morning and uh, really can't afford to get in trouble driving because I was drinking. <laughs> well, work is overrated, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, you know, paychecks and bills and shit. You... Yeah, it's all secondary in life. All right, so what I'm drinking, I'm actually drinking... A decent beer this time, unlike the last time. I am not drinking a, a crappy beer. I have Cigar City's Hyalai, which is fantastic. I truly recommend this if you like IPAs. And I am, of course, playing Destiny as well. I'm taking a break from all other games other than to upgrade my Horses Wang and Elder Scrolls Online. But right now it's currently Destiny all day, all night. All right, so with us this episode, we have two brand new guests to the ReaperCast, and that means we're going to have a double header for member spotlights. First up, we have a member, Asian Persuasion 27. How the hell are you? What you drinking? And what you playing? I'm good. Uh, drinking a Polliner, Paul, Polliner, Oktoberfest, German, something or other. And excellent. of course, I'm playing Destiny 2. So. Well, that is an excellent beer. That is one of the best ones out there big for Oktoberfest. all right so uh let's get right into the member spotlight we have gamer tags always tell us something about their owners tell us about yours 
So this comes from college. Um, I was uh, on the football team and happened to get the phone number of a girl that um, a upperclassman uh, had eyes for. And he said that I only got it because of my Asian persuasion and it kind of sucked. But you're Asian or you're, the chick was Asian? I am Asian. I'm from Korea. So um, that's where it, it kind of came from. Were you born in Korea or are you... Uh... Yes, I was born in Korea, adopted to the U.S. when I was three. How long have you been gaming? Uh, about 30 years. I'm 38 now. Uh, first system that I ever received was the original NES. Um, and I've been gaming ever since. What was the, uh, the first game you played on NES, Mario? The first one I can remember is Contra, actually. Oh, nice. Excellent. What was the cheat code? Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A. Start. There you go. There yeah. you go. <laughs> Burned in the back of my head. All right. Assuming you're not a professional gamer, what is your day job? I am a project coordinator at a bank here in Oklahoma. All right. What is your favorite game of all time? It would be that first one I ever played. Contra um, holds us kind of a special place uh, in my history. It's the, my brother was um, big into gaming at that time, and it was the only game that he and I really ever played together, and then he outgrew it, and I just um, kind of stuck with it. So. And finally, uh, what upcoming game or games are you most looking forward to? Uh, the main one, I would say, is Halo Infinite. I'm hoping that they can kind of right the ship from the debacle that was Halo 5's um, story and and kind of get that franchise back where it belongs. Oh, I was going to kick your ass because I thought Halo 5 multiplayer was great, but the story <laughs> I don't care too much about, but <laughs> I love it. No, that. I agree with you. The multiplayer was outstanding, but I, I mean, the very first game I ever played on Xbox was the original Halo, and I just, that campaign and that story is, is awesome. And um, then what they did to it in Halo 5 just really upset me. Yeah, I can't, I can't wait for, for the next one. I'm, I'm really excited for that one. Now, obviously, it's going to come out with the next Xbox, but what are you going to do? So we got a bit. Yeah. We got a little while. All right. Uh, and um, up next, we have Masonic Mage or Sonic Mage or whatever his name is. <laughs> he keeps changing it. Well, he did change it. I think he's a Mason. I don't know. How you doing? What you drinking and what you playing? Hey, uh, I'm not a Mason, but uh, I'm being super lame and I'm drinking Mountain Dew. And, uh, of course, you know, playing Shadowkeep. All right. Uh, so gamer tags always tell us something about their owners. Tell us about yours. All right, well, my gamer tag, like I said, it used to be Masonic Mage. And uh, I've had that for a couple of years. And I just got tired of uh, constantly, every single raid I went to, every party I joined, people would say, are you, are you a Freemason? Are you a Freemason? I was like, no, I'm not. It's just the gamer tag that Xbox gave me. So I got fed up with it recently, and I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to change my gamer tag. So I changed it to Sonic Mage, uh, mostly because I enjoy music. And any game I play that, you know, we can pick a class, I always go with the one that's most closest to, like, a warlock or a wizard or things like that. That's funny. I always thought you were a mason. <laughs> no, no. I just assumed you were mason. like, okay, Masonic Mage. Huh? I don't know. <laughs> not there's anything wrong with masons, but, uh, yeah, so I just assumed that. Uh, so how long have you been gaming? I've been gaming, oh, shoot, I want to say about 22 years. What was your first uh, gaming platform or system or game? 
my, my first gaming system would have to be the original Nintendo. The first gaming platform that I can remember would be the N64, though. What game did you play on that? Uh, Legend of Zelda. What was that? Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Ah, there you go. All right, so assuming that you're not a... Oh, go ahead. Oh, I just 100 percent of that game. Oh, that was... Oof, way too into it. <laughs> <laughs> have you tried the new ones? Any of the latest Zeldas on uh, the Switch or anything? I have not. I have not gotten the chance to uh, get a Switch and play those yet. My brother just bought a Switch and he's thinking about getting it, so I might see if I might sneak a little bit of gameplay on there. So assuming that you're not a professional gamer, what's your day job? Uh, my day job is actually a night job. I work graveyards at a warehouse driving forklifts and trucks. What is your favorite game of all time? I assume it's Destiny. Uh, that's actually going to have to be my second favorite. My favorite game is going to have to be the Legend of Zelda game, Ocarina of Time. That was uh, holds a special place. <laughs> all right. What upcoming game or games are you most looking forward to? Well, the the closest upcoming game that I'm most looking forward to, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get it just yet, but is uh, Outer Worlds. I don't know if you saw that. No, what's that about? So it's kind of like an open world. Um, you're kind of in space, things like that. You you got to travel around, make any kind of decision that you want to. Um, I know in one of the trailers they showed uh, you going up and you helping this guy, like bandaging up his leg, and in return he gives you a gun. And you can be like, you know, you can be all peaceful, so you can just walk away from that situation, and you can just go, you know, just batshit crazy, and you can just shoot him with the gun that he just gave you. Is that PC, Xbox? Uh, as far as I know, it is on all platforms. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. Yeah, they have the space games uh, Elite Dangerous that I, I drunkenly purchased and played about like an hour's worth of time. <laughs> Put an hour's worth of time <laughs> into it. Um, but yeah, it was an open world space thing. And of course, then you have the big one that one day will come out, Star Citizen, like maybe like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I might actually buy a PC for that if it comes out, so I don't think I'll be buying a PC anytime soon. Yeah, I, uh, I'll wait for other people to get it first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get right into the thick of things here. We got uh, the... Episode rant, and I'm going to keep it with the Destiny theme. My rant this episode is about Shadow Keep's blinding white screen is still in the game. And this is when you first launched Destiny. I got all excited because they changed the loading screen, that blinding white screen, and they changed it to red. So I got all excited. Finally, I'm not going to get a sunburn, get a suntan just from my TV watching, you know, playing the game. Nope. Within... 15 seconds, there comes the white screen, and I'm blinded. My whole room's illuminated. Planes are landing at my house from the light coming in. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I have a giant, I sit in front of a giant TV, a 65 inch 4K TV. And when that white comes on, that is the whitest white I have ever seen in my life. And I have sunspots in my eyes after, after that game launches. I can't be the only one, right? You guys feel the same now? Yeah, no, it's it's not good. That that I can't believe that's still a thing. They had a chance to get rid of that shit. I thought they did. Or dark mode, right? Everything's coming out with dark mode. Can't we have a, a load screen that's dark mode? Where is the dark mode load screen? I would pay I would pay microtransactions for a dark mode version of the loading screen. 
if you know, Bungie, put it in the Eververse, please. Yeah, I, I realize that this is a first world problem rant, but that's what this is about, the rant section. <laughs> it can be petty bullshit things like this. But anyway, that's enough of the rant. <laughs> oh, God, I got quoted. That is the whitest white I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true it is way i mean like i have like i said i have a 4k tv it's blinding planes are circling my house when the game loans i don't know well i live in oklahoma and you haven't been to some of the parties i've been to that's the whitest white that i've ever been around i mean it's bad <laughs> isn't it pretty white in oklahoma no <laughs> it is very very white I'm typically the only non-white person at the parties whenever I go. So is your yes. nickname Token? Oh, sorry. I... My friends should start calling me that, to be completely honest. But That's bad. I'm going to go into diversity training a lot of fish. What the hell's wrong with me? There's a lot. I run this goddamn site. There's a lot wrong with me. Let's get into the gaming geek news. There's really not too much going on uh, this week. I, I did want to touch based on a few things one of them was ghost recon breakpoint was released and no one cares that's all i had for that uh i think it's getting pretty bland reviews i'm not seeing anyone play it and it's a shame i think this is as i said before i think that this is a title that should have came out for the springtime like a springtime release maybe it would have gotten a little bit more traction then but i don't understand the point of it because they it just seems like a remake of the last game they have. Anyway, I don't want to dwell on that. That is what it is. It was released. No one cares. Moving on. We're going to do Ubisoft Sucks Edition. Division 2, there is a secret boss that went undiscovered for months. Um, there was a boss that was added to the game, the Manning Zoo mission, sometime late July, and no one knew about it. The developer who coded it went online looking for guides to see who found it, how to beat it, blah, blah, blah. And there was none. And the only way people found it was this developer leaked the fact that there's a boss hidden in, in that mission. So uh, how sad is that? Very sad, honestly. I played that game and a lot of the roaming bosses were not super hidden, but... I mean, the fact that they could squeeze one in there and it goes entirely unnoticed is really just sad and I think kind of indicates the overall state of the game at this point. Yeah, I don't think anybody's really playing it. it it's crazy because I I was sure that that was going to be one that stayed with the community and that game is deserted. You know, there's a few of them that I thought would have some legs that just don't. And that certainly was one. Anthem was another. Fallout was another. I thought all those would be games that definitely stuck. And and none of them, you know, they all are shiny penny games for us. No, which is shocking because the Division 1 was a very good game and had a lot to offer. So you'd think they would just follow that formula and build off of there. And I think they missed on every single aspect of that game. It was a complete misfire. Every single aspect of that game that you had the Dark Zone just was garbage the 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 missions were okay the story i thought the story was worse than destiny one story so that's telling you something you create a boss you hit, and, and the boss to unlock the boss it wasn't really that hard you had to shoot like four or five of these like beehives like there was these stands that had beehives in them and it was kind of now that i see the video it seems kind of obvious 
you know, this is something to, to shoot and unlock. But no one found it. Months. Months went by. Good job. Good job, Ubisoft. Great, great game. To get a little bit of defense, they're not known for hiding a lot of shit in their games. I mean, unlike what we've seen in, in Destiny, Destiny's just known for that. So people are constantly breaking through walls and looking for things. I think that um, a lot of the other um, developers might be going in that direction, but I don't think we see it in a lot of other games. You know, in their defense, they're not known to do that. So maybe that's why it wasn't found right away. All right. Well, enough for that. No one cares <laughs> about it. No one cares about it. No one found it. No one cares. Ubisoft struck out twice. Up next, we have Valiant Victory's H2 review of the Joker movie. In three words, go see it. <laughs> I was upset. I, this weekend, I wanted to go see it, but I was completely swamped. Uh, my my um, oldest went to go see it last night. He's a college kid, uh, almost 20. And he texts me back and he says that Joaquin Phoenix should get um, actor of the year and the movie was incredible. I think, I mean, the, the, a lot of the critics didn't, uh, I mean, it wasn't like over the top and, and critically acclaimed a lot of these Oscar type movies, I think they're all, they make it like that. They're artsy movies or whatever. They're not designed for regular folks. That said, I think this movie definitely hit a lot of those points, and it 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 should. I think, and and you know, trying to keep it short and sweet, but it it really did a really good job, in my opinion, of just all the stuff that we know about the Joker. That so many different things on so many levels are in there, and I can't say anything without giving away the process. So it's like a thing you go through. Um, I, yeah, it's it, you got to see it, and I think that uh, I really. I would be shocked if Lala, you saw it and came back and said, meh, or I, I don't, I don't think that I will. I I'm totally excited for this one. You know, obviously I'm not a superhero movie fan, but I'm really not a, like what they're doing with the movie. I think a lot of action movies are kind of brainless, kind of mindless. You go there and you're watching like boring fights. It's kind of like when you saw matrix two and three and Neo is like just into superhero. Yeah. He's a superhero because his plot armor, he's, he just cannot die. And, that's when the fights got boring. Like it, to me, like it was just not interesting. And same with, with uh, Endgame, Avengers Endgame. It's just, I'm watching these fights, but I know how it's going to end because the plot's so basic. It just doesn't really interest me as much. Um, yeah, it just, it didn't do it for me. But then you have like, like superhero stuff like The Boys, which was fantastic. And it took a whole different direction on things. And you have this Joker, which throws a, an adult, uh, theme behind it and you yeah, see the thing is my wife does not like superhero shit and again we should probably wrap it up but my wife does not like i have to drag her to these things she loved it she's a psych nurse and she was like oh there's this and there's this and there's this and i'm like oh i just watched a movie I, did we watch the same movie because and she's like you know talking about you know various themes of the jokers and uh yeah psychopath sociopath that kind of stuff it's all real it's all in there uh, by the way your wife has an open invitation to the next grg staff meeting to help solve some of our problems because they hand out drugs <laughs> hand out meds psych meds drugs. Oh, yes. we all need it we all do need it i just want to say one thing like last thing and then we'll move on is so my kid pointed out that he he said he liked heath joker 
I mean, Heath Ledger better as a Joker, but that was a different movie, a different theme where he likes Joaquin Phoenix as a Joker just as much, but the movies are completely different that they wouldn't be able to work in the other person's movie. So our uh, Heath Ledger's mm-hmm. Joker fit more of like the roller coaster theme that the Dark Knight was, where Joaquin Phoenix is more of a, a serious movie, and both are great. Yeah. And he's you know from what I hear, go see this, and I'm looking. I will see it this weekend. I'm taking my youngest to go see it. So yeah, I think that uh, it would be great to hop in a party after you know next week or whatever after you see it and chat about it because um, I think that of anybody seeing it, I'd be most interested to hear what you have to say because you are pretty damn critical of these type of movies. And this isn't, this is not a, you know, is not a comic book movie. This, you could eliminate the comic book name, change it to something else. And people would see it and say, wow, you know what I mean? We have a certain preconceived notion about Joker and there's plenty of people that won't see it because it says that, or will see it because it says that. And it's just, it's that good. That's my opinion. So that's, you know, way too long. All right. Well, God, <laughs> I'm just trying to delay this as long as possible. Oh, I got to put on my hip waders and deal with the fanboy bullshit. But <laughs> here we go. Destiny Shadowkeep came out last week. Let's get right into it. <laughs> Let's just dive right into this. All right. Uh, We'll start off with the main story. What did you guys think of the campaign? The campaign was like very full, I'm gonna say. It was it was a new story, but also like it was very in depth on like things. Are we gonna do like a little bit of spoilers in case like anybody hasn't done it or oh, fuck the spoilers. I don't care. Yeah, fuck I mean I don't I mean I don't think there's too much I think people know that there's a uh I think I'll say it. I'll be the one to say it. There is a pyramid ship there. And that's the, that's kind of the biggest spoiler that I think we could throw out there. And I think that's known. I think that, I mean, you see it in the first three seconds of the opening. Um, and that's, you know, we've been teasing those pyramid ships for a long, long time. You teased the, the, the pyramid ship. Wasn't that the end of the destiny two campaign? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like when they showed in there, I mean, personally, I wasn't shocked. I'm like, well, finally we're going to move on with the fucking story. Right. So, I mean, it's not like it's a huge spoiler, but that's definitely something that's that's there that is, you know, we, we're seeing the development of of things on that. Um, yeah, I think that's good. I think they did a great job of and, and I was surprised that they were going there. I thought we were waiting for Destiny 3 before we got a taste of that shit. So I'm happy it's in here. I think that I feel good about that. I think that the story is well written. It's a lot more engaging than the other kind of pseudo tries they've had of these with the expansions. The the one thing about it is is that if you're looking for like gameplay, it's a very abrupt kind of short campaign. And it and it just kind of ends and leads right into the raid. And so there's not uh if you're looking for hours and hours of entertainment from a campaign that that's you're not gonna get it from no, no, I I finished the the campaign in four, maybe five hours, which I don't know. I guess that's what pretty much everybody hits at with this. I don't know. It seemed pretty quick. Before I knew what I was done that and starting the grind. Ezekiel, what do you uh what do you think of the uh campaign? I I like it. The story seems interesting. It's talking about stuff that 
uh, I didn't get because I didn't play Destiny 1 for very long. I think I played for a month, month and a half. So I'm getting some stories, some background that I didn't get before. Um, I've been dragging my feet, though. I haven't finished the story. I think I'm like a few missions short of finishing it. But I mean, I don't have any complaints so far. I maybe do wish it was a little longer and wasn't gated by having to complete the armor quests and stuff. Maybe that would be my only... Uh, comment or complaint about yeah i mean i will say that it that bungie kind of artificially inflated the link because there are some steps of the campaign that are quite literally just go around the moon and do stuff it was gated by power ranking or light level that too that too yeah you had to be at a certain power level but some of these the quest steps that took you through this campaign were very trivial and you can tell that they were just trying to kind of stretch the length of how long it took you to finish this thing. I mean, I guess I just went off and I found like side stories to go do like those Toland, those Toland patrols. Those give a lot of in-depth story. And then like the ghost traces, those also give you a lot of backstory on things. I guess that's just where my, like my in-depth came from. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that we've come to expect that, we're getting stories and dribs and drabs. You know, we're not getting a, we're not going to get a long campaign. We're going to get a couple story missions. We're going to get some, you know, some shortcut scene here or there. And it kind of moved the plot along as we saw in, in Forsaken. I think that's how the storytelling is going to go. They're not going to give us, you know, lots and lots of cinematics. It's just not going to be the way this game is built. And I've, you know, I've kind of resigned myself to that's the way it's going to be. Would I like there to be more? Sure. Am I fine with it? Yeah. Yeah. If somebody's not a single player story mode campaign type of person, it doesn't affect me. But as Bungie has been always known to tell a great story, they started out with uh, all the different games at Halo. They were able to actually do this. I'm not sure why Destiny always seems to have a problem putting together a decent story or a coherent story or a campaign that's thorough. I don't, it just seems odd. I just realized, you know, I mean, obviously now we're how many years in the destiny. It's just not happening, but why? I mean, why can't Bungie sort that out? I think we're also missing the fact, you know, there's one big thing in the story that doesn't happen in a lot of the other stories in destiny too, is our guardian spoke. He actually yeah. Questions. That's huge. We, yeah, we definitely got a voice and, and I have two different female characters and two different voices. I was surprised at that. They had two different voice actors, so they must have a couple different female voices and a couple different male voices. Well, yeah, they have to have one for like each class. I won't ask why Viant has two female characters. That's on him. But um, <laughs> the, I, I mean, overall, the story is much, much, much better than any of the releases we've had previously. It's just written better. It flows better. It's more interesting. It's just... Some of the complaints that I'll get into a little bit later are highlighted in the campaign that was released with Shadowkeep. What separates Shadowkeep from the rest of Destiny? And this is pretty much a loaded question because there's a lot. There's a lot different in this game. But what separates Shadowkeep from previous Destiny versions? How about the uh, season battle pass? That 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 battle pass. That's one big thing that separates it. The artifact. That, that in there. Definitely really trying to lean uh, MMO aspects of, of the game. 
Yeah, the whole modifier thing, the whole like put the um the mods on and all that, that is all like RPG MMO shit. Like that is way different. That that build is not something we've been we've not had that much control ever. Well that's that's that whole Armor two point Armor two point that's just crazy. So I'm looking at my armor stats now. I have no idea what I, I want to keep, what I want to use. I'm getting shit. I don't know what's going on. They've changed everything. So it is, I mean, it looks like something straight out of like Warcraft, like World of Warcraft. I mean, you have, you know, uh, intelligence, dexterity, um, like five or six different traits. The three that we used to have. So we have mobility, resilience, and recovery. And we added discipline and intellect and strength. And if you hover over them, it tells you what they do. So some of them, you know, relate to grenade cooldown and super recharge and how fast your character moves and those things. But the ability to customize that is through the roof and it matters. It definitely means something. And uh, that's not, we've never had anything this, I mean, there's some Destiny, in Destiny 1, they had some things that are kind of like this, but not this good. Nope. I mean, I'm just going to flex a little here and I got a tier 10 discipline. I'm a warlock, so I'm just throwing grenades for days. Spamming grenades, right? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I the main difference is I feel that Shadowkeep is what Destiny 2 should have been at launch because it takes Destiny 1 and what they built with the way people build um, loadouts and whatever, and it evolves it to where it adds a layer of depth to it. And... This is where the starting point for Destiny 2 should have been from the very beginning. It takes away the, the Call of Duty type aspect of we're going to limit your selections to make it easier so everybody can play and rewards people that actually, like Mage, kind of filter through all of their armor, filter through the mods, and builds a loadout for a specific activity that's attractive to I mean, all I got to do is my, I got to finish up my artifacts and then I can get a void grenade that I can charge up with my controverse holds, keep constantly getting my grenade back, and I put a, like, a tractor cannon debuff on whatever I hit my, with my grenade. Uh, I feel like maybe I'm the only person that's not really enjoying the armor 2.0. I mean, it's cool. It gives you uh, definite op- options for customization and really being able to try and get into a specific role the part that i'm really hating it or hating about it right now is the fact that i have all these leftover armor mods from the last season and they are 175 percent fucking useless and it is killing me i I can't put a, a a dreaming city mod to get damage or use my super mods like i have to rediscover everything that i've already got and it's kind of honestly annoying for me because there's no definite statement of you do this to get mods you kind of get them from everyone at any time when you talk about the different mods and the past stuff i mean are we looking at so a lot of us are long-term destiny players should i just nuke all my inventory just dismantle everything like is there no. any reason to keep anything no keep. so that's a good question yeah. i think you should keep anything that you like the stats sorry to mage i'll let you give an opinion on this too but i have some stuff some exotics and some uh definitely some dreaming city gear and uh 
some scourge, uh, some Baron gear from Forsaken that has the enhanced perks on it. And those are like, I don't have a lot of those um, enhanced mods yet. So any of those things that you like the perks, keep them. Same thing. I might say that to Zeke too, is if you have some armor that you like that has some of those things, you can still slot the the mods that you like on that armor. Don't break it down, keep it and just slot the things you like. Sorry, Mage, go ahead. The only problem with that is that the, the new stat packages, the, was it discipline, intellect, and all that stuff? Mm-hmm. It's not up to, or and even the old perks too. Like they brought everything into the two point, but it's still very low values. So your your character's not very strong while you're using your new old mods and stuff. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just a little salty because I've collected, you know, dozens of copies of all the important mods. Can't really do much with them. Yeah, you sound like a typical GRG old fucker. <laughs> Get off my lawn. You're yelling at clouds. <laughs> Somebody's uh, got to be that guy. I hear you. I hear you. With the Armor 2.0, so I, I noticed that there's a couple different tabs you can hit. What are we looking at to add there? I mean, there was like, which there's like two, or di- two different screens where you can add mods to. So there's, there's two things that you need to know about Armor 2.0. One is... Each armor, actually there's three, each armor has an energy level. Um, That energy level um, equates to how many mods you're going to be able to put on any given piece of armor. And then there is an element type, so solar, void, uh, arc. Each element type has certain mods that can be put on it. So if you have a solar piece of armor, you can't always put every type of mod in the game on it. Certain mods take up more energy. So if you have a fully upgraded piece of armor that has a 10 energy on it, you can put a 1, a 2, a 4, but then you might have leftover energy. Um, The more advanced the mod, the more energy it takes. So things like enhanced targeting takes anywhere from 3 to 4 energy for a given piece. Um, whereas simple things like um, major resistance or boss resistance is like a one or a two energy slot. So you just kind of have to weigh when you're building a loadout for PVP, the enhanced targeting is going to work. But when you're in PVE, you probably don't care about enhanced targeting. You want more of the damage resistance or grenade recharge or things like that. So it's really weighing. And I think it's their, their main purpose is to try to get people building more loadouts. Because in the old way, Um, you could use the same armor for PvE and PvP and be just fine most of the time. Um, Maybe swap out a mod or two, but... This is how good I was in in previous versions of Destiny. I have not updated or changed my armor in Destiny 2 ever. I just upgrade the light level. You see, and that's what they're trying to get away from. (laughs) And I was so good. Yeah. (laughs) I never changed shit. I couldn't believe it. So, uh, Mage, I think you had something to add to this? Well, yeah, so, like, uh, like he's going on about the uh, armor mods, how you can't, like, apply certain mods to certain pieces. Like, I have a Warlock bond that I got Ashes to Assets, but it can only be applied to my Solar Warlock bond. I can't apply it to, like, my Arc or my Void one. And then, like, with each of those uh, armor mods, or with each of the armor pieces, like, the mods you can apply apply to different weapon types as well. So, like, the Void is for more, like, precision weapons, like your snipers and your hand cannons. 
and then like the arc is for like your mid which would be like your lngs your bows and uh your scout no not your scout uh smgs and then like your solar would be for like your auto rifles and things like that so it kind of plays on like you know what you want to go into with your build because you know even though you can put those resistances on there and be like you know i'm going to go for a full void resistance because you know i'm going into this area but it, it doesn't work well with the weapon types that you want to bring into that so you have to like focus on okay so this piece is going to be solar because you know it's going to have my ashes to assets on here and then this piece is going to be void because i'm using a hand cannon and a sniper so you got to like focus on what builds you're going to be doing it's definitely heading more towards the mmorpg aspect with the armor 2.0 and customization well speaking of mmorpgs so we have all these new um, armor stats. Then you have the ability to customize them. Uh, and as Asian was saying, you can customize it towards PVE, customize them towards PVP, which I like. I, I think that's a, a positive. You should be able to play this game how you want to play it. So if you want to play PVP, like I like to play Crucible, I should be able to get armor and design armor strictly for Crucible. With that said, will they ever like look at following a, t- a traditional MMORPG where they do like a tank class, like say maybe a Titan is tanking the boss, uh, you have healers, you have DPS. Is that something you think will ever happen to Destiny? I think we're getting a lot closer to that with uh, armor changes because like, you know, you can spec into your resilience and then you can spec into, say like with the Warlock, if I spec into my resilience recovery and my discipline and then I just ran my Dawnblade or the, you know, the well of radiance i can just sit there and i can chuck my healing grenades all over the place and just that i could be like the support and healing the team and everything like that or like with the titan with this word of dawn you could be you know buffing for the damage phase and while preventing you from taking damage so in closer to that but it's not like fully there i know i'm jumping ahead a little bit because we we talk about the raid later but in watching how a lot of people change their stuff throughout and i think that we'll see more of that maybe later in the season or or year, but they definitely were changing supers and and the way, you know, what they were running, whether they're running a DPS setup or they're running a healing setup. And I don't think they were necessarily changing their armor, but I think that that's a direction Destiny or Bungie wants us to go in is to have the the armor 2.0 build match a role. Like if you're going to be the healer role or stuff, it seems like that's what they're, they're thinking. I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that, but the, the problem is that sometimes they do things like bringing back the bubble titan. So the titan class in general is designed, from what I can see, most of the melees, most of the supers are designed to get up close and personal. But then they bring back the bubble and add weapons of light to it, which is something that you're probably going to be putting at distance so you can do extra damage. So they're they're getting very confusing and i don't think they know if they want to do something like that because in general um the way that the three classes were set up the titan was already designed to be a tank because its resilience was a little bit higher um just by the nature and it was designed to charge in first with like a shoulder charge have shotguns heavy machine guns and and do damage in a close personal space Whereas hunters are more distance, and then warlocks are designed to do the healing and the magic stuff. And they kind of got away from that by some of these supers they've introduced with Destiny 2. And so I, I honestly, I don't think they know what they want. And they're just trying to get it to where people aren't complaining so much. 
That's an impossible task. I know that from running GRG. Impossible. All right, so we, we're talking about Armor 2.0. There's also, they also added the Armor customization where you can add all the different, um, I don't know what they're called, the, the skins. And this is my thing. The ornaments? The ornaments. I'm a big the Barbie, Barbie dress up. Yeah. yeah, I'm the big Barbie dress up type of guy. I love this shit in, in games. Um, you probably have a tower casual set, don't you? For just roaming around <laughs> no, the tower. I'm not. I'm not that nerdy, but I do like to have my my hunter looking his finest because all the guardian ladies like him. That said, it, it, it's only just the ornaments. I was kind of upset with that. I thought, like, usually how a lot of the MMOs handle this is it's anything you disenchant or dismantle or anything you earn, you unlock that skin so you can reuse that skin later, and then color it certain ways, whatever. I think that would have been a more interesting way to handle this. Uh, right now, you can apply any weapon or any armor ornament to any of the armors because what's the the dream? What's the, 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 the one you have to unlock? The the name of the, the, the armor? Dream something or what was the one called um, for the moon? Dream Bane? Dream Bane. Dream and Bane. It, it's yeah. the bane of my existence. I was wearing that just to do the submission. I was so embarrassed. I'm like, my hunter cannot look this bad. It it looks weird. I wish they would have used any armor that you ever got all throughout Destiny 2. I think that would have been a better way to like allow people to completely customize their characters and create something unique. Well, they're they're letting you use the Eververse armor ornaments on anything, but the um the crucible armor, you can still use those ornaments as well. So, I mean, if you collect yourself a nice set of 2.0 crucible armor you can put any of the crucible ornaments you earned in the in year one are still functional on that and i think they're doing the same thing with all the iron banner ornaments as well so it is true so any any iron banner gear you have you can wear any previous iron banner gear as ornaments so we talked about a little bit about the season pass, and I thought this was a kind of interesting. So this is a season pass. They're following suit that Fortnite and Black Ops 4 have, where they have 100-some levels, and as you progress, anything you do that earns experience, you unlock a level. Um, there's two different tiers. I don't know what the two different tiers was. I guess whoever bought basic or extended, I don't know, the season pass. I, I have both, so I get everything. I think the only people that are going to get the basic would be the ones that have, that are new light. The new light people, the only people that are going to not get the bottom path of this first season, but the next two seasons of people, the next three seasons of people that without a season pass won't have the bottom, you know, row or the bottom path. Um, but there won't be too many of those. I've still not picked up the armor in there because it levels up with you. So I'm kind of just sitting on that for a bit. No, that's a good strategy. That's what that's the what all the smart people say to do is wait till you're at like eight fifty or higher before you do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in the nine hundreds, so sorry, nine fifty. I think they're really trying to kind of show people because I everybody's getting the pass with this first DLC release, but I think they're trying to show you by like the gaps between some of the pickups on the seasonal rewards that. If you want stuff and you want stuff every level, you have to have the pass. If you don't care, then you can maybe get away with not getting the pass for that particular time frame. I, I don't know. I'm Maybe they're, it feels to me a little bit more like uh, they're punishing the person that maybe either can't afford or doesn't want to pay that extra 15 
10 or, or 10 or 15 dollars i forget what price tag they're the seat the battle pass season pass whatever yeah each of the season passes are 10 bucks and i only bought the standard edition shadow keep because i kind of wanted to see um the way that this works so if you bought the deluxe you can save five bucks pretty much because um the only difference between the two price points is that you get uh three additional season passes with the deluxe version but you can buy them as you see them and i'll probably get them all now that i know kind of what it is but to give you an idea just a point of reference so the ariana's bow which is the exotic hand cannon slash sniper gun that was a new exotic for shadow keep is unlocked immediately when you boot up the game if you have the season pass if you don't you have to get to level 35 to unlock that gun so um the rewards are staggered fairly drastically if you do the free route and there are certain things that you just can't even get um through the free route and uh with as resource as a resource intensive as shadow keep is um the free route doesn't give you nearly as many like upgrade modules or the little uh, bundles of all the elements and things like that that make kind of leveling in the game a lot easier all right let's talk about something uh a little different here we have the uh, weapons meta i noticed that that has changed i was playing uh, the campaign and i noticed that scout rifles actually seem kind of useful uh pulse rifles don't seem to shoot as far so uh what do you what do you guys thought on the new meta what what has changed and what should we we be shooting for as far as like pv or pvp no pun intended right the scout rifles are definitely making a comeback here this season because i know they were really dominant year one destiny two but uh i think it's mostly due to the fact of uh randy's throwing knife like that's a rapid frame scout and the impact on it is ridiculous for a rapid frame. So I, I guess that just a lot of people are chasing that down. So it's going to be the meta. So everyone gets their Randy's throwing knife, then they're going to be like, you know, everyone's going to make their choice then or whether they want to keep using the scouts or if they want to go back to using their, you know, hand cannon SMG builds. Yeah, I mean, I think that you definitely feel the the changes in PvE. And I haven't really, I think I've only played one or two matches of, of PvP just because, you know, I hate it. But even in, in Gambit and such, where I'm, I think that scouts are finding a place. Uh, I think everything is, is just a little different, where, uh, you know, you could use a pulse, an auto rifle, a scout, or, and a bow pretty interchangeably for most things historically, or I should say up to this point. And that's definitely different now. So we'll have to see where that ends up. The one thing that I've really noticed is that the stats of a weapon actually do seem to matter. I mean, um, take hand cannons, for example. Mage and I were talking, we were talking about this before the, the podcast. The damage fall off for hand cannons and pulse rifles also is drastic now. So you're not going to be getting mapped from in a PvP match by a hand cannon anymore. The damage fall off is, is real. And so... Just like with the armor, they're trying to make those stats and stuff within a weapon matter. And so you're seeing a lot more damage fall off. Uh, I do know that rapid rapid rate of fire uh, pulse rifles got a, a pretty big boost um, damage, but it's within range. Um, they have a, a pretty drastic damage fall off as well. 
more than anything, I think that the the stats of a weapon are actually beginning to be something that you can look at and actually believe what the stats are saying. Uh, so you're not going to get absolutely destroyed by an air until like halfway across the map anymore. No, that's still going to happen. Yeah, I'm trying to sort out. I've not played Crucible yet, so I, I I just haven't figured out what I like, and I'm kind of looking at like SMG and Scout, but I don't know. I like to keep distance in Crucible maps. I don't like to be up in people's faces with shotguns and all that nonsense. I need to be a little bit further away, shoot people at range. I'm better at that. I like that. I'm more comfortable in that position. So, Also, speaking of Crucible, I am looking forward to playing Twilight Gap again. That was I love that map in Destiny 1. That is a fantastic map to play on. I'm just going to say that right now. It's a lot of corners, though, so beware of the shotguns. I'm worried about the fact that Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 are two different games completely as far as PvP with the way they handled ammo and weapons. Uh, and, and For Destiny 1, I would have a sniper as my secondary, and as my power gun, I would have my LMG. And Twilight Gap was a lot of fun because I could sit there and play sniping wars with somebody on the other end of the map, and that's the part I enjoyed. I, I would do that all day. I think Destiny, you know, it's obviously a Halo game, so it takes the gunplay from there. Well, one of the big complaints people had made previously is a lot of the maps were originally built for 4v4. Then we made it 6v6, and some of them are crowded. But they brought back some big maps, and you could argue Twilight Gap is one of those larger maps. It's a good map. It's the right size for 6v6. And if... You know, quick play really is going to be a lot of control these days. I think it works. I think it's a great map. Well, let's let's get right into um, things we like, things we don't like. Let's start off with things we don't like. We'll, we'll, we'll end positively. I really hate that it took Bungie this long to get us this game. Um, and at this spot, the... The gunplay is a lot more balanced. Uh, one thing I was going to say is that the Crucible feels as close to Destiny 1 as it has been uh, probably since the launch of D2. And I don't know why that this wasn't the starting point because this is a much better game. But what frustrates me still is that they're trying to find artificial ways to force you to do things that are boring as all hell. Like there are opening chests on the moon. There are, you must do X, Y, Z. And I can't stand that. But in order to get the highest level rewards to um, level in a fairly reasonable amount of time, I'm forced to run around on my damn sparrow and open chests and do helium filaments and just dumb grindy crap it's just as grindy as it was at the initial D2. And honestly, I feel it's even more grindy because they're trying to force people to do these new things so they can try to say, oh, look, you should experience this because it's, you know, we've designed this into the game and it's much better now. Well, it's not. And um, I still hate that most of the good activities don't really reward you at all. Like, you get one pretty decent reward out of the Crucible a week, and that's about it. Um, but everything else, I have to go and do stuff that I am not a fan of. And D1, 
there were ways around that where you, if you like the crucible you, there's ways that you could advance your character in the crucible but the way it is right now i'm forced to go and you know resource grind and complete bounties that are just stupid and i can't stand gambit i think it is the most worthless game mode in destiny 2 but in order to get a powerful a tier 2 powerful reward i have to go and play gambit so that's probably the most frustrating thing is that it's forcing you to do these things that aren't fun. Um, even though the game overall, I would say, is better. Yeah, see, that's the thing that I really wish they would work on. That's more of like a MMO style thing, like a Warcraft thing. Uh, Warcraft was good where you would go in, or at least when I played Warcraft, you would go in and play like PvP and you would unlock PvP armor and you would progress in PvP and get everything you'd want and you'd be confined to one edition. Guild Wars 2 was another game that did that as well. I could play PvP. I could play... There's two different modes. I can play either one and progress my characters completely, earn loot, whatever loot I needed throughout there, and never have to step foot into PvE or into dungeons or stuff I didn't want to do. And I think that's the next step Destiny needs to take. They need to really look at and reward people that play PvP Crucible. Yes, make an elite. Yeah, make an elite path for those fuckers to stay out of the shit that I want to play. Like us regular slobs that go in there every once in a while. There's got to be something for us to do. Keep them away from us. So give them trials or give them some awesome, you know, PvP stuff. But me and my, you know, point seven eight KD. Uh, I need something to play without these sweaty fuckers bouncing around and, and shit. Or give them the ability to earn the same gear that you would earn doing whatever you were doing, like on the moon or any of the PVE or doing nightfalls. Give a PVP person that ability to earn that loot within the confines of PVP. Let's go next into the, the, the things we hate because we're going down the list and, and Valiant's jumping the line. Ezekiel. Uh, I think for me, the one, I don't know if it would be a major complaint, just the one thing that, that me a little bit about it is that they don't exactly kind of explain the different tiers of powerful rewards. So I accidentally did some of the more powerful rewards first before I did the less powerful rewards. And I just kind of feel like maybe they could have been a little bit more plain about which one is more gainful for your light level. Sonic. The thing that bothers me the most, uh, the progression for the Ariana's Vow Catalyst. Progression for the That's AR Battle, the Catalyst or? The Ariana's Vow Catalyst. Like there's that quest step where you got to use it but you only have to like complete the activity. So you can basically, you could use something else and equip it at the very end of the activity. And I'm at the point where I've gotten both the double and the triple increased progression on it. And I only get 1% per activity. Is this the uh, hand cannon? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Valiant. I would ask you things that you don't like, but that doesn't exist. So we're going <laughs> to skip you. We're going to skip you. There's nothing that you don't like about this game. Don't even try to fake it. Okay. Go ahead. What, what don't you like? I like to hear this. You don't like that 
Destiny isn't on your Xbox 24-7. That's what you don't like. No, I mean, I, I to some degree, I think the biggest complaint I would have about Destiny in general is that uh, probably PvP. Like, it, if if they took it out, you know, I think Agent and I are in the opposite ends. Like, I'm fine, keep Gambit in, get rid of PvP. And he would say, get rid of Gambit and keep PvP. But um, I just, I have no use for it other than Iron Banner. I think that's my biggest thing. So, not trying to fake it. I'm just saying, if there's anything for me that it would be like, ugh. But, uh, no, I think I, you know, I'm pretty pretty easygoing on on most things, even even things that I, you know, games that I'm not a big fan of. I don't, I'm not too critical. One of these days, I'll hold your hand in Crucible, so to make it less scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have to be in a party with me and Asian. <laughs> I, I have a, one of the things I didn't like about Shadowkeep, and that was the campaign and the boss fights, which. Okay, the first time you did it, if you fought the boss, you had to kill the nightmare guys uh, to knock his shield down, kill the boss, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Rinse and repeat. The only problem was that fight was every single boss fight throughout the campaign. It was, and this was something they took over from the previous DLC uh, with, with Forsaken. And it was kind of upsetting to see, like, can we get some, like, unique mechanics with these fights i mean it was really just the same thing over and over I, you're you're locked into a room that's circular shaped and you had to kill all the ads all the extra enemies around before you can start doing damage to the boss and you can only do a quarter of damage to the boss or a third of damage to the boss and then it was rinse repeat the cycle and none of it was ever scary or worrisome that you would die it was just you just run around the room shoot the people rinse repeat that got a little uh, yeah, the, the old. Yeah, the only one that had a different mechanic would be probably the Crota fight where you had to get the swords from the sword bearers to actually do damage to Crota, but that was probably the only one that was different. And that was the same mechanic from the raid, from the original Destiny 1 raid, right? That and, and like the not only the boss fight, so we're, we're, we're paying for new DLC, and we're fighting the same enemies we fought before. And Destiny has no shame. Bungie has no shame about reusing content. I mean, you have the moon map, which is from Destiny 1, which they expanded from. You have, they're, they're bringing back crucible maps from Destiny 1. We're fighting the same enemies, but they're just reskinned. And now we're fighting the same bosses. Come on, Destiny, bring us something original. Do it, please. I know you got it in you. Things you did like. Let's go back down the list. Asian, things you do like. The... Skill-based matchmaking in PvP is significantly better than it was. And so Valiant, I'm telling you right now, um, every quick play game I've played, and even the comp games that I've played, have been exponentially more enjoyable. Um, I'm a mid-tier, I would say, PvP player, but um, I was able to actually... There was a comp game, and I was a like a it's survival and comp now, and it was three on one, and I was actually able to win the round. So, like you're playing with it, it does a much it has in my short amount of time that I've played, it's matching you with much better players. So they've actually fixed, I think, that issue um, that just plagued the Crucible uh, before Shadowkeep. Um, I think that the, the Crucible is in a much better spot than it was. 
Um, I'll jump in. We'll see, Asian. It's just that it, you know, I've been in there. I've joined ones where we just get destroyed, and I'm like, it's matchmaking. Yeah, I know I suck, but you know, when I have more kills than the rest of my team, then the matchmaking was broken. So, you know, I'm hoping that it's better. It has to be better than it was. Sorry. You know what? You can't have your participation trophy. I'm sorry. Some games you're going to get your ass spanked. Deal with it. Uh, that's funny. Um, thing I liked. Um, public events are rewarding now. I was playing with uh, Solus and one of his friends last night. And he started playing the game maybe an hour before I jumped into the party with him. And in two and a half hours, we got him from 780 to 900 doing only public events and the randomly occurring uh, Vex invasion on the moon. And it was actually fun. Sonic, things you liked. Uh, things I like. I I really like the Vex invasion activity. Like the first day that it came out and we had a six stack going in there into that Vex invasion, and we were hooping and hollering and just going through, killing a ton of Vex, like trying to kill the Gate Lord. And man, the amount of loot that was dropping from it, we're just like, woo, okay. Like we were going nuts over it. And I, I just love that Vex invasion activity. Not the one that randomly spawns on the moon, but the one you can like match me into. I would agree with that. And it, it's also nice that they added a second activity that's not a raid that you can take a fire team of six into. Full GRG? <laughs> a full uh, squad of GRG is called potato salad. Actually, you, you don't have to ask me, but actually that 6v6 activity is... Um, and we can fail it. So it's not like the menagerie that's the you know millennial you know tro- participation trophy as you're referencing. But... It's, you know, it's arguably a third or fourth thing you could do with six people, right? You can do the menagerie, you can do um, the raid, we can do PvP, and now you can do um, the Vex invasions. So I definitely think that's uh, a fun thing. And by the way, uh, pro tip, it's a tier three. So it's not a pinnacle drop, but if you if you get a tier three uh, engram from uh, Cora, which is going to be a that's going to be a big jump. That's going to be a plus ten light uh, drop when you get it. So try to get those in. That's going to be a priority thing. Anyway, that's so far. That's the big thing. And the other thing, I guess I would add because I'm going to get two because it's me. <laughs> um, you obviously <laughs> paying attention to Grex a little too much here. You're being very needy, and this is something Grex so, would do, right? And the the other thing is that the meta is completely. Everything is all changed. So whatever you knew, you know, 10 days ago is not what it is right now. And I think that's awesome. You know, I know it happens every now and again that they really change it. But I think that even if it's just once a year, change everything. Everything you thought you knew is not the same anymore. It makes it a new game. So that that's it for me. So those are the two things that I think are awesome. I'm trying to think what I think is is, is good about this. Um since I haven't played the full game yet, I'm not quite positive, but I do like returning to the moon. Um, I think Destiny 1 was a pretty good game. And just going back to someplace familiar, I wish they would unlock some more of Destiny 1, especially the raids. I'd be so thrilled if they brought the raids back. And the Cosmo Drone um, Dome on a, on a regular basis. I would love that. But uh, All right, let's go. I think uh, we're going to talk about bugs next. And Sonic had one that he was going to tell us about. Yeah, so 
the game breaker that I saw was with the release of the new the Divinity Trace Rifle. I don't know if you saw that out there. But there was a guy that he, him and his buddy went to the tribute hall to go test out, you know, how much of a buff or debuff it would give them. And uh, he put on his Peregrine Greaves for his Titan with a one-two punch shotgun and then the melting point shoulder charge. And his buddy started shooting him. And he ran, jumped up in the air, shot, and then shoulder charged real quick and did a 105 times more damage using the Peregrine Greaves with the one-two punch shotgun mixed with that. And it was just, it's an insane amount of damage because that Divinity Trace Rifle gives you a 25% damage to, to the crit spot. So is this like something you would use on PvE, like raids? Oh, definitely. So like you just be like, okay, well, we that crit spot isn't big enough on the boss and we want to do more damage, so we're going to have this person shoot them like in leg or something, and that'll be our new crit spot. So and like it, it, stack, it works with the Whisper of the Worm, so that three crit shots with the Whisper, it'll load the magazine, it works with that, works with Trip Tap, four times the charm, things like that. So you can easily, easily just, you know, put a crit spot anywhere you want. And it's like, okay, this is where we're going to DPS the boss. Destiny's always been known to have cheeses and glitches. So is this anything unusual? I mean, we'll, we'll, I'm sure with the raid within like a week or two, there'll be a cheese to get past it. Yeah. So it's just like the game breaking, like amount of damage you can do with a Titan on well, anybody need all divinity the and a one two punch shotgun. They need all the help they can Titans eat crayons. Yes, they do. Titans eat crayons. Well, the the other thing uh, that was kind of out there is is that first night the game came out, both uh, Agent and I got hit by this one. Is that uh, so many people were logging on at once? I mean, we had more people playing Destiny than were playing Fortnite, and it basically created a a backlog into the server. And then re- con- constantly recurring errors. And again, it's not necessarily uh, from what we read about it after the fact. It wasn't just server capacity. It was like authentication or something. I mean, and then they cleared that up. I mean, I, I, I don't fault games for day one issues. Yeah, it's more of just it happened. It happened. You know what I mean? These are the kind of things that bugs looked at. That was definitely a bug. And then uh, there's some things where there's people that are not getting things that they've earned, like they've done things, it shows an exotic, it doesn't show up, things like that. Those things are, you know, been been happening this first week. Um, what was the one? I had a problem with uh, quest where you'd have to do something with a, a gun or whatever, but it wouldn't say in the quest that you had to use submachine guns only. It would just say whatever, and you 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 kill 100 Vex, that's all it would say. Right, but you have to do it with the thing, the weapon that you're trying to get. And I, I, I had that with the scout rifle. It doesn't say you have to kill Vex with a scout rifle to get the scout rifle, but... But you have to. But you have to, yeah. It also does that for the SMG. There was an SMG I was working on, and it was the same thing. It was the two different, the scout rifle, the SMG. It didn't tell you that you actually had to use an SMG. It just says you have to kill 100 Vex, or whatever it was asking you to do. You had to do X, and but didn't say with using what and then that's when i realized well maybe i need to use the smg i'm like oh shit like all of a sudden now the quest is complete that's nice let's talk about the end game for a bit you know what does it do for the end game and uh as well as the raid has is out and has been beaten so what are you guys thoughts on that i'm just throwing that out to you guys so you guys can fight everyone to talk <laughs> <laughs> you go. 
I haven't seen everything of the raid, uh, but I have noticed that they took some interesting routes to kind of combat some of the supers that they've built into the game. So, for instance, um, the Well of Radiance or the bubble with Weapons of Light, one of the bosses actually runs away from you and you must stay within a certain distance of him or everybody wipes. So that's how they've they've decided to to wipe it. From what I've seen, it's a very kind of it's a I think it's a pretty good mixture of the raids that they've released for D two and some of the mechanics they had from D one. Like it's a nice kind of there's some portals that you have to go to with some teams, and then you have to coordinate with the team to bring yourself back from like um, the uh, the very first well, the Vex one. I can't even remember what it was Vault, from D one. Glass. Yeah, the Vault of Glass. Um, Best rate ever. Things like that. There's empowerments from um, you know from the Wrath of the Machine type empowerments that you have to use um, on, on a couple of them. I think that you have to have a pretty coordinated team, and uh, they've done a nice job of preventing one or two players from carrying a team through a raid, uh, like in past, which some people might think is a bad thing, but I think that's a it's a pretty good thing. I don't know. I, I gotta say, like I miss the old raids from D one where you could carry a person or two through. I think. One of my issues with Destiny and currently with Destiny Raids is the skill gap from, let's say, Nightfall, which is supposed to be the toughest content before Raid, and then the Raid. That, that skill gap, the, the difference in that is is drastic. No, I'd, I'd agree with that. And I think like the, the basic Raid should be a little more forgiving, and then you create the hard mode Raids, and then you you know take it up a notch. So, yeah, I think this one does a little of that. Sorry to jump in, Asian, but I think that this one is a is a cool way. It does bring a lot of uh, Vault of Glass back. I didn't f- ever finish Vault of Glass, but I'll, I played enough of it to f- say from what I watched in the videos, it looks very similar, and it feels similar in some of the stuff, except for the running. It, fe- it looks like you're constantly running in this raid, which there's a... A little bit of that in Vault of Glass, right? You you run, 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 and then you're transported to the alternate worlds. But this one feels like you're running the whole time until you get to the very end. But I think I like it. I think overall, I think this raid, there's going to be people, I think, that will think this is the best Destiny raid ever. No, and I agree with that. I'll be interested to see what the dungeon that's supposed to release in a week or two, I think. Because I think that's going to be what you're talking about, Lala, is... Fills the um, gap. They're releasing a dungeon that's more of a entry level, few raid mechanics, but in the end, it's just an easier way to get higher level gear for people who either don't have time or don't have a full fire team to go and do a raid. Um, I think that's why they created the the dungeons that should be releasing soon. I'll ask the question because I know I feel a, a certain way about it. It seems to me that there's not a ton of endgame stuff to do, and I know some of it's coming at the end of the month with the the dungeon. And but until that drops, there's really what two endgame things to do: the raid and competitive PvP. And it seems like it's a little thin for pinnacle things to do. Uh, how do you guys feel about that? I'd agree with it. I mean, right now, um, the only way you can really get a pinnacle 
drop right now is the raid or I think a hundred K nightfall. Um, I think those are the only two pinnacle drops that you can get right now. And I think that that's too few. And I know that the dungeon will help with that, but there has to be other ways for people to get at least a pinnacle drop, maybe at least once a month, if not more than that. Um, and you know, I mean, if you can't do a raid, doing a hundred K nightfall is almost as hard because you've got to have a, a pretty good fire team and you got to have a pretty good loadout to, to get that done. Yeah. I, I think it's too early to, to tell on that because I think that the um, Vex invasion dropped right when the shadow keep based stuff, we kind of got it figured out what we need to do and what we're supposed to be doing and whatever. So we got the Vex invasion stuff and that will get settled out. And then the raid drops and that gets settled out. I think when you get get the dungeon and we'll get these exotic quests, I think you'd be fi- you'd be surprised at how well the season is filled up with dropping content slowly. I think they they're doing a better and better job of right when we feel like we need it, it'll be there. But would you do you really consider an exotic quest a pinnacle activity end game activity? It, well, it fills up time, right? Like with something to do, with something to work on, and it takes time to do it and get the catalyst or, and all that stuff. And I think to, to Asian's point earlier, the, yeah, some of that stuff is kind of grindy, but it's something I'm logging on to do. Yeah, I'll give you that one. I, I don't know. I, since we were talking about in-game, it's just something that I was kind of wondering if I was the only one that felt that way, so brought it up. As someone that doesn't play this game 24 fucking 7 like you fucking nerds, there's plenty enough for me to do until the, <laughs> the next thing gets dropped. God damn, play a different game. Yeah, I'm not on course to get end level or pinnacle level. I'm not in any danger of running out of stuff to do, personally. But that's me. I'm, I play like a, a filthy casual. Let's get this thing wrapped up here. So, final verdict. Destiny 2, Shadowkeep. What are your all thoughts on this? I guess I'll go first. Um, I think it is well worth the $35 that you pay to get it. Of all of the expansions that I've bought for Destiny, this is the only one that I don't feel like I've been ripped off by. The changes will take some getting used to, but like I said before, this is what I was expecting when D2 first was announced. I thought that this would be the version of Destiny that we would get right out of the gate, and I'm happy it's finally here. I'm a little pissed off that it took 200 plus dollars to get here. And I don't know how much of that was Activision. I don't know how much of that was Bungie. But um, the fact of the matter is, is that this is the place that I wanted Destiny 2 to be for a very long time. All right, real quick before we move on to next. So you say 200 some dollars to get here. But let's let's look at the uh, the amount of time you put in the game versus the amount you spent into it and, and value it. Like I like to value this stuff against like what a movie costs, a two hour movie costs like what, $15. So $200 versus the amount of hours you put into destiny. I think you're all right. Right. Well, I would say overall, yes, but the hours that I put into curse of Osiris and Warmind were wasted hours. Like I did it because they're at that time, there was nothing else to play. I thought that Anthem was going to take me away. It was a bust. Apex took my attention for a little while, but then they released Forsaken, and Forsaken was enough to pull me back in. 
So um, the main reason I say that I, there's some waste of money is the original D, base D1 game, I think, should have been half the cost. And then Curse of Osiris and Warmind were absolute just utter waste of money. They should have been free DLC. I agree. Completely agree. And um, Forsaken was worth the money, I think. It had some issues, but um, Shadowkeep is the first one that I've spent the money and been like, okay, uh, it's it's worth every penny I've paid, and I'm glad I got it. Yeah, see, f- coming from someone that plays uh, Elder Scrolls Online, Destiny's rough with the price of DLC and what they offer. I guess I just can't compete. I don't know. Like When you get like a $35, $40 expansion from Elder Scrolls Online... You're talking something that takes at least 20 plus hours of just campaign time to finish, let alone explore all different things and unlock all the bullshit that goes along with it, with the trials or trials or what they call raids, uh, dungeons and everything else that goes along with it. So, I mean, like it's massive. I mean, it is when they have a $40 expansion, it is absolutely worth the price of admission because the content is there. Uh, final verdict. I like it. Um kind of in the same boat as Asian. Um, you know, some of the DLC was wasted hours, fluff, whatever you want to call it. But I definitely feel like I've gotten true value out of, out of shadow key. And I like, I like what they've done with the game with the public events. The loot drops seem to be heavier somehow. And I like that you can, not actually play the story, but still get somewhere in your gear grind. And that kind of helps you convince people to play the game. Like like I said, I played with Soulless. He didn't have Shadow Keep. They let him play the first mission, and then you basically hit a paywall. If you want to keep going, you got to buy the, buy the game. So we ran public events. We played. He got more gear than he knew what to do with and decided that the game was worth getting. So, I mean, they've gone in a very good direction and I think that it's nowhere but up from here. And I'd really, I'm kind of looking forward to see what they do with it. Alrighty. Let's hit a uh, Sonic mage 58. Your final verdict on Sh- destiny Two Shadowkeep. My final verdict. I, it's definitely worth every penny that I spent on this DLC. I mean, I'm a little bit hesitant to say that the last DLC was, you know, kind of, like, got let down on it, and kind of like how Asian felt, but I I do wholeheartedly agree with everyone that every penny was worth it spent on this DLC, like, the, just the amount of stuff that you can do in the game. The loot drops are insane. Like, quite literally, there is a knight that you can just kill over and over and over again on the moon called a Trove Guardian. That he spawns a chest and you just go pick up his loot and then like less than a few like a few minutes later he's back, and you just you can keep constantly killing him. It's a poor dude, but uh, it's definitely worth every penny spent on this game. And I'm excited to see what the uh, dungeon's gonna bring and uh, any of the challenges that are gonna be coming to the raid. Definitely gonna be looking forward to uh, finishing the raid. I did, <laughs> I did hop in a little bit uh, with another group. Um, but I'm looking forward to doing a full raid with GRG. Traitor here. <laughs> okay, so my final verdict on this, um, 
I know I like to troll the Destiny boys. It's it's fun. It, it it's what Grumpkins do. They troll the GRG members. I enjoy it. I mean, it, it's Destiny. I lo- I love Destiny's gunplay, the mechanics. Destiny. I mean, it's very much. They basically took Halo and put it into a different environment. So obviously, as a first person shooter, it's it's a solid feeling game. I'm looking forward to trying the Crucible once I get my shit together, and it gives me something to do. I'm not a hardcore fanatic like the other guys i'm a filthy casual so i'll only like level up the hunter and get my guy up to gear to a certain level and i'll probably play something else modern warfare when that comes out that said yeah 35 bucks i think i went all in i got the 60 dollar edition i got the season passes on that stupid bullshit because i'm stupid um i think it's worth it i mean there's there's a lot to do even Though it upsets me that Destiny likes to reuse content, but I, I went into this knowing that, so I'm not too broken up about it. So overall, uh, it's a lot of fun. I look forward to continue playing and gearing up my Hunter and kicking some ass in Iron Banner. And with that said, let's end this episode of... Oh, wait, shit, I forgot Valiant. <laughs> Valiant, <laughs> I know what you're going to say. I, I already know, we know... That you like this? This is ten out of ten. Yeah, so, it's great. You just end the it's, show now. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great value. I mean, gosh, it, I, I gave you guys the numbers by my math. It cost me ten cents an hour to play this shit. Valiant's an accountant, so his numbers are correct. <laughs> we can't argue that. <laughs> but no, I'm with Asian in many ways. It's funny is that I was expecting this to be the starting point because that destiny one ended you got scoring strikes and you had all this stuff in there and then uh vanilla came along vanilla destiny 2 and i was like wait a minute where's all that stuff from destiny 1 where'd it go so um i think that we'll see uh you know the, there was a a shot of a board at bungie that they expect to be supporting this for five more years so maybe there won't be a Destiny 3. Maybe it'll all be right here in Destiny 2. And, uh, you know, we'll be able to just make it better and better as opposed to hitting that hard reset button that we did between 1 and 2. I don't think you'll see a hard reset until they come out with a new engine. So I think they're going to ride this pony and add stuff to it the best they can until they can come up with a new engine and create a Warcraft-style game. So I think that they've done everything that they need to do right can they do more in the future yes are they uh did they miss they didn't miss but i think they can do more in the future that's really the, the where i would end up at so when's the uh first grg raid group going out you guys going out this weekend i think we should raid? there you go well the problem is, is it's ou texas weekend so i may be sniper drunk on saturday so I don't <laughs> that is know. very I will... intoxicated you You've got a, a high bar to live up to. I'm not a hundred. I mean, and I would play the raid as bad as Lala. So I don't know if I'd be. My you know what? Hey, now <laughs> no, no, stop right there. I am never the issue in a raid. I am never the issue. In fact, I'm perfectly behaved. I only speak when necessary and I accomplished my task. So unlike. Other- no, I mean, I think it's fair to say I went in with a group of all taters and it was i think it was lala mower guy and i were the only veterans going into cali and we finished it 
And I was like, I was completely surprised. It was three brand How new new attempts. And the three of us, well. We're not going to count it that. Was, I mean, come on, Ezekiel, stop it right there. Stop. <laughs> yeah, that's not the point of going there. But seriously. Listen, you, you bring my hunter along, everything's good. It's golden. It's golden. All right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Reaper Cast. I'd like to thank everybody for being on. We had a couple of new guys, Asian Persuasion, Sonic Mage. Thank you for showing up. It was great having new people on, doing some member spotlights. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Yeah. So, uh, you guys think you'd come back if we asked you back? Sure. <laughs> if Valiant's not on, I'll consider it. Perfect. 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 <laughs> I would. I'd rather listen to you than listen to me anyway. <laughs> Ezekiel, Valiant, thank you guys for, for being on as well and, and running the uh, the Destiny side of things because if I ran it, we'd have nobody playing Destiny with GRG. You guys are the nice ones. <laughs> as always, I like to remind everybody to stop by the forums at forums.grimreapergamers.com to see what we're up to. Also, check out our calendar. We have it updated with all the latest events, everything that's going on. Also, Follow us on Twitter at GRG. I do this wrong every time. GRGamers.com. Spell out the D-O-T. And finally, if you have any hate mail you want to send us, please send it to us at ReaperCast at GrimReaperGamers.com. And with that, we are out of here. Stay safe. Get your game on. And and let's get this Destiny raid completed with GRG. Come on, guys, right? Uh, Sounds good. (laughs) Definitely going to get it done. All right. Thank you, guys. We're out here. Later. See you. See you.